Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I'm Jackie. And I'm Megan. And today we're doing our very first guest interview. Today we have my friend Priyanka here, and we're going to be talking about her conversion story from Hinduism to Catholicism. So, hey Priyanka, how are you today? Hey ladies, excited to join you on this awesome Sunday. Great, so I know Priyanka, we met in Chicago um, at my church, St. Alphonse's here in Chicago, shout out to St. Al's, and um, I got to know a little bit about her conversion story through our friendship, and I just thought it was a beautiful story that we should share with all of you. But first we'll start out um, just getting to know Priyanka a little bit, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Ooh, where do I start? Um, I'm Priyanka, as Jackie mentioned, uh, and I work in healthcare marketing communication. So it's just a fancy way of saying I work in um, pharma advertising and marketing communications. Um, and I've worked on different pharmaceutical brands and, and what have you, which is funny that I ended up in this career. Because when I was in fifth grade, I wanted to be like my uncle when I grew up, who's a pharmacist. So this is as close as I got. (laughs) So just to get to know you a little better, though, what would be your dream career if you could do anything? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I love Chip and Joanna Gaines and all things HGTV. So if it were up to me, I would love to start something in real estate um, and definitely something I would be opposed to exploring in the future. Or staging, staging homes to be sold. I've always thought about that, like oh my gosh. up and like making it look all cute and things. Oh my gosh, I would bring so many flowers <laughs> and candles everywhere. Like put cookies <laughs> in the oven. <laughs> so Priyanka, um, if you could fly anywhere right now, I know like we've been going through this pandemic and this lockdown, so this is a great thing to think about and dream about, but if you could fly anywhere in the world right now, where do you think you would go? So kind of funny, I started a Pinterest board, it's hidden, um, but... <laughs> I am just obsessed with trying to think of travels and like it's the light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic and stuff. So I would love to go to Rome to live out my history nerd dreams um, and also be able to see the Pope at the Vatican whenever that opens up again um, to the general public. Um, Lured France to see the sanctuary and the grotto of Our Lady. Um, and the other motherland, India, really be a shocker for my extended family. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So obviously Priyanka is Indian, um, but she's first generation American. But, um, can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual upbringing and how you connected with your Hindu faith growing up? Um, yeah, happy to. Um, being a first-generation Indian American, as you touched on, um, my parents brought us up very traditionally. So um, that began with our first words were in Gujarati, which is what my parents speak, um, and even like the cultural aspects of it, like the food, the clothing, a lot of Bollywood movies, um, and like celebrating family holidays and and Hindu holidays and festivals that we had. Um, We definitely spent a lot of our time visiting temples growing up and prayer ceremonies that would also be held at the house, like priests. My mom and dad were really close to a neighbor of ours um, who was actually a Hindu priest. And so we would have a lot of these prayer ceremonies in our household um, when we were growing up. And then um, that like extended with my brother and I being super close to our Indian heritage. Um, We always called our grandparents who live in India and like talked to them and were really aware of everything that was there. Um, And I think 
my favorite part of it was honestly the food. Um, <laughs> but um, Hinduism in general, I think visiting the temple, I was so aware of like all the little deity statues and, and the different holidays and the days that were um, in observance of some sort of special holiday or festival that my mom would make sure that my dad knew about if my dad knew the whole house knew so yeah that's so interesting to hear you know I think a lot of people maybe from your similar backgrounds it's their faith is very much entwined with their culture and their heritage but for you when do you feel like that kind of started to shift and you started having doubts about your Hindu faith so I think for me um I've always had an inquisitive mind. So I'm sure my mom didn't appreciate all the millions of questions that I would ask her about literally all the time um, about like holidays and like why we do this. And, you know, like little kids always asking why, why this, why that? Um, But that sort of shifted into a lot of confusion and and inner turmoil I would say um when I turned 12 um and that's when I started genuinely questioning my faith um but then by the time I was 13 I started dealing with some health issues um which shook my beliefs to the core um it was like well if there is a god why why is this happening to me? Like the woe is me plus the angsty teen life. Um, so, but when I was about 15 years old, I was completely confused. At that point, I would say I was agnostic and started exploring my faith um, and other avenues. Yeah, so I know that when we talked about your faith journey, you had a very core experience when you were younger of encountering Catholicism. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Oh my gosh, it gives me goosebumps even still like reminiscing about it. Um, So a few of my friends in high school and I were um, just like hanging out one summer day and they're deeply Catholic. So both their families would go to church on Sundays and I would be... um, waiting for them to come back from mass and all of that um, before we would hang out. But they were just talking about their faith. And one of the things that um, one of my friends really enjoys doing is just going to Eucharistic adoration, praise and adoration um, at Marytown, um, which is also the national shrine of St. Maximilian Colby, who was a Franciscan friar. Um, So we were like, why not just go there today? We have nothing else going on, and we have a car. One of us can drive. <laughs> why don't we just take a little field trip? <laughs> um, so we went, um, and I kid you not, I was overcome with peace the very moment I set my foot on the front steps. Um, and it was I vividly remember there was a, there were only a few people like so I was trying to be super respectful and and just walk in and observe all of the the pretty architecture and just taken aback by the beauty as a whole um, but we were whispering through and through and they were trying to be super accommodating for me being there my friends were um, just because I come from a different faith and they didn't want it to come off as disrespectful or anything. Um, but for some reason, I when I attempted to genuflect um, and knelt and did the sign of the cross, they were just so taken aback. They're like, we've never seen a Hindu do this. This is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I do truly believe in that very moment, um, just being able to do those two signs of reverence to our Lord, um, I was truly guided or being guided by the Holy Spirit um and you know the words that came to my mind as soon as I knelt um were peace and home and I remember those two two words um even to this day and I, I try to lead my life with those um because joy is equivalent to peace mm-hmm. um 
in my beliefs. And so um, as I made the sign of the cross, I just started started questioning God and, and this like fire within me just like was questioning, is this, is this it? Um, so long story short, um, if anyone's visited Marytown, you, they will know what I mean by what um, I'm about to describe. It's the path on the left side of the church where there's also a statue of St. Francis of Assisi, who's one of my favorite saints. Um, and so there's the St. Francis statue. There's um, the Sacred Heart of Jesus um, statue-esque thing. Um and um, the different mysteries. So like similar to a rosary, the, there's five different decades. Um, so you can walk along that and just reflect. Um, and so it was beautiful to start thinking about that and how, um, how at home I felt in that moment, just being there and being aware of where I was, what I was taking in. Um, and every breath, I remember I was like thinking, well, maybe this is something, maybe this is, I don't know what this is. And just a lot of questions came about where the curiosity in me was like, okay, Jesus was son of God to who's man. But then what about the Holy Spirit? And like, what about all these birds? Like, what's going on? Why? What's happening? Um, these birds. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I don't know what was going on, but there were so many birds that day. And I'm like petrified of pigeons. Being oh, in Chicago, pigeons. I call them flying rats. Oh my They're so, so everywhere. So true. But yeah, it was it was so interesting to me that that's where it was. Um, but naturally, I have a stubborn streak in me. And so after we left, I just completely put those feelings of comfort, joy, and the peace that I felt. They were, I just kind of put them to the back burner. And I was like, okay, well, I can like look into it and see what's going on and like why I felt this way. But um, as someone who enjoys learning about history, culture, and like, just fun facts in general. Um, I'm the person at those parties who's like, did you know? <laughs> um, and so I guess that would be a good reflection of like how I started my journey and, and the curiosity that was ignited at me um, through going to Marytown in that one summery day. Yeah, so I'm curious. I don't even know if we've talked about this, but what did you know about the Christian faith before this experience like what was your knowledge since you were raised Hindu of the Christian faith if any so it's funny that you mentioned that so being Hindu it's a polytheistic culture or religion and so there are many gods and so for me um I grew up in a household where my mom would talk about how she had Christian friends um, and Muslim friends and, and other Hindu friends too um, in India. And it was very progressive of her parents to um, really allow those kinds of relationships to form because of the time and the culture that they lived in. And it's pretty conservative. Um, but that said, uh, they she was aware of it so she definitely like let us be as exposed to it and the questions that we would have because like also like when you started school we would have easter off in april mm. we didn't celebrate easter growing up so we would have questions about why everything was shut down and like what's happening mm -hmm. um and same with christmas it was like okay we have this but like what does that mean for us does it just mean like we get a bunch of presents under the tree like my parents also put up a tree and like would have presents for us um when we were especially young and tried to preserve our innocence and um in the sense of like we're different because we believe these things but know that your friends that you're growing up with are definitely celebrating these things so we definitely took more of a secular approach to a lot of that um 
when I was like I guess a toddler and my brother too um so yeah I think for me I was exposed to it but very superficial like more of the secular kind of mindset where like these are some of the holidays that come with it and like these are some of the things that like people do you get a whole basket during Easter and like none of the meaning or intention behind it all um and you get presents on Christmas and I was like oh this faith is cool you get a bunch of presents as kids this is awesome (laughs) um and those are the perks (laughs) right (laughs) um and then one of our neighbors moved and then the new family that moved in had a family of and they were our immediate next door neighbors um they had bible studies so that was something that I was like well what's a bible like why why are they reading this and Mm -hmm. I would like as a five-year-old just go ask my mom like mom they don't want to play with us because and she's like it's not that they don't want to play with you but they're praying there's a time for prayer and there's a time for playing Mm -hmm. and so um I would always feel like what is this book like what's going on So as I got older and when I was 16 and I had my experience at Marytown, I I Googled it. Praise be for Wikipedia. You guys (laughs) found so many articles on so many things, but it was so overwhelming with like all the information that I had. And I was like, all right, we're done. Information overload. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's take a breath. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a neat pivotal moment that you kind of outlined for us of going to Marytown having that experience kind of igniting that curiosity that as you're sharing was present even as a child but definitely kind of blossomed in that moment but like you were saying you know oh you're stubborn you kind of went back so what did that journey from that point forward look like was it slow did it there was there defining moments what did that kind of look like um so like receiving anything through the UPS system, our USPS postal mails called snail mail. My journey was at a snail's pace, Um, (laughs) I would argue, but I I think ultimately I chose to attend Loyola University Chicago for my undergrad. Um, And I began taking the search more seriously and even considered um, all avenues like Eastern Orthodox Christianity. And so there was a moment where I was actually really committed to that. Um, Even spoke to one of the Serbian Orthodox priests um, at a local parish nearby. But then I prayed about it and I wasn't really at peace. I didn't feel that joy or like home or peace being reverberated or in in my heart. Um, So I continued my discernment. Um, And in that moment, I was like, well, regardless of what I choose, Christianity truly is is the faith that I'm being called to or drawn towards. So I might as well attend the student mass at Loyola that's available. So I'd go attend mass at Loyola frequently. And then I began visiting Madonna della Strada, the chapel on campus, Um, and even during like my off or passing period times, I would definitely start talking to Madonna. So there's this relic of, um, our lady holding Jesus, um, baby Jesus. And I would just go sit there in the chapel sometimes, but then slowly but surely I would inch closer to this section of the chapel where we would, um, where where this image is of our lady holding baby jesus and i would start talking to her it started with just lighting a candle for my exams then it got really (laughs) i was like lord i've studied a little bit but like can we (laughs) can we make this a thing where i just like scrape by and get a solid a minus like i'm okay with it I'm an overachiever, so an A minus is like a C equivalent. Um, Asian tiger moms really helped with the upbringing, you guys. <laughs> um, but all all jokes apart, then it got deeper. So um, 
as my freshman year, I had a hard time transitioning to campus life, being the first one, first generation, first one to go to college. There were a lot of milestones, not only for me, but my family. And so that pressure was starting to accumulate. And that's when I started experiencing my first couple of episodes of anxiety. And so not knowing how to like really deal with any of that stuff, I was like, okay, I'm finding a lot of peace and joy here talking to our lady I'm just gonna like sit here and and try to calm my nerves as many times I could as I possibly can um so that's when I when I went there and um then um spring of 2016 ish yeah um which was my sophomore year of college I was like okay well this is great I've gotten acquainted with a few friends but I really want to meet a few more and like get to know other people and so um a few friends and I decided to go on a retreat that um Loyola was having um and it was built or focused on building a community within the greater Loyola community so I was like there's a lot of words in here I think it just means it's a cool way for people to socialize and meet people not really knowing what retreats are. Um, <laughs> and so it was cool. Went there during one of the talks. A scholastic Jesuit shared his personal story about how he discerned his vocation, which was a lofty term for me at that point. Mm-hmm. I remember like sneaking out my phone during the talk and looking up what vocation meant and like, the whole discernment process I'm like they keep throwing these buzzwords around what does this mean it's like a foreign language um but um discerning his vocation on becoming a priest or getting married to choose uh to his longtime girlfriend and needless to say as as he was sharing his talk as a uh, scholastic Jesuit he um chose the Jesuit order for priesthood um but his story outlining his discernment process really resonated with me um and how it made him feel peace um and home the same feelings that I'd felt at this point like five or so years before when I was at Marytown um so in that moment I think guided by the Holy Spirit truly I knew and that's that's the day that I decided to become Catholic um right then and there and so I was 21 years old when I was baptized confirmed and received my first communion um which was super long-winded lengthy story here but I'm just glad that I had my time in between being a 16 year old really confused all the way to being 21 years old and and spend time getting to know Jesus and and our lady through the lull period the curious period and then eventually really embracing him just as much as he'd embraced and gotten to know me um so that was that was I think my journey (laughs) that's beautiful um yeah I love your relationship of like being closer to Mary because in my own story even though I had a reversion she's the one that led me back to Jesus which is like her entire role so it's just so beautiful to hear that part of your story um and I'm just curious was it hard for you to accept any of the Catholic Christian beliefs since there are some core some pretty big core differences between um them and the core beliefs of Hinduism yeah gosh this is a struggle that I even to this day I'm just trying to be more intentional about um and really understanding that I think even when you convert one of the things as a convert that we have to remind ourselves is that Christ has truly given us this liberation through grace um to learn and grow and when we convert and and you beautifully said this about your faith where you had a reversion um we have to constantly have conversions of our heart um over and over again uh and so i think for me when i was you know right when i'd freshly converted (laughs) freshly converted (laughs) i don't think that's a thing but um 
in Hinduism, there are beliefs that veer into like superstition and things. And so that was definitely a thing that my extended family was huge on. And um, within the Catholic faith, like witchcraft and things like that deviate from Christ's calling and, and love for him. I mean, it's the first commandment. Like, this is not okay. Um, and so for me, it was really taking a step back understanding what are the foundations of my faith they're rooted in christ what has he called me to do in order to better serve him and continue having this relationship with him so i would go to confession i would talk to priests um a lot because I thought I was in a state of sin by respecting my parents and attending temple but I wasn't really talking to God I wasn't like like I'm here I'm checking a box I'm like helping my parents because they wanted me to come with and like talk Mm -hmm. to their friends and like came for more of the social aspect of it um and that a priest beautifully said you are respecting your parents by showing up to temple and you are not talking to God in that moment, but many priests also will go to these temples and go to um, these other areas that you may think are deviating from your faith. Um, So that took some of the burden and the stresses off of me, but I really had to Google the Catholic catechism to better understand what is appropriate, what's not appropriate, and ultimately what's not going to get in the way of me better serving God. Um, So I think superstition is one of those things where I'm like, I'm not, I don't believe in this. Can you not talk about this in front of me? Um, But also, I don't go to temple as much with my parents as much. Like I've had those harder conversations with them and saying like, I love you, but how about I meet you after you've had your moment to reflect and do all of that. And we can, we can connect after that's such a big undertaking for someone like yourself to go through especially when you have that those family ties those cultural ties you know and you're in a sense it almost could feel like you're going through this alone do you feel or what were maybe some of your doubts along the way struggles that you had as you were going through this um gosh doubts (laughs) so many um so when I was going through the RCIA program, um, I was constantly going through so many emotions. Um, but I remember as late as the Easter Vigil, which is the day that you are going to get baptized and, and go through all of, all of this and really accept Christ, right? There was this gut feeling that I had. Like I had cold feet, like really cold feet. I'm like, we I can't but praise God I had a friend who went through um her conversion process um she'd converted from a Protestant faith into um Catholicism and the year before and so I I talked to her she was studying abroad you guys it was like I'm pretty sure like two or three in the morning she was in Rome for the Easter mass and I'm like laying in my bed like oh my god I can't do this I literally need to back out I need to call the RCIA director right now and like say hey I can't do this I don't think I'm being called to it and I was like messaging her on Facebook and she was like no, this happens. This is spiritual attack on you. This is like normal to feel all of these emotions. It just means that you're being super intentional. Um, but you have to let go and let God lead. Um, so go forth with it. I wasn't listening. So she had to like call me and um talk me down it was like talking me off a ledge (laughs) it was so crazy um with this taking she's like you were bold enough to make this decision you have to be bold enough to stick it through because this is what you are being called to do I know that this spiritual warfare will pass you by and I kid you not 
once the whole the vigil started I was at peace and I was like okay this is this was truly just trying to get me away from doing what I was called to do mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to you know even just baptism or times when people are called to share their testimony there's that moment where yeah like you were saying it's truly spiritual attack where you feel like no like maybe this is all wrong and I have these crazy doubts that I don't have on a normal everyday basis and so it's so good that you can have people in your life to support and encourage you in that way that's so important and vital what were kind of some of the other struggles that you might feel comfortable sharing as you were going through this um gosh so after converting, like going through with the Easter Vigil and, and, and that process, I've constantly also had doubts or moments in my life In as I continue to learn more about my faith and grow into what Christ is calling me to do. Um, there are moments where I feel like I'm not Catholic enough, quote unquote, and um, even that like because I don't know how to pray the rosary. Like, I don't know the Apostles' Creed fully. Like, I don't have that memorized. Or I don't have the um, Fatima prayer memorized. Um, and I, like, literally have downloaded 50 different apps. I also have not read the Bible through cover to cover. Um, there are these, like, doubts that come in to your head where you're like, okay, well, I don't know this much and so-and-so knows this. And like, then you start comparing yourself and and your faith journey with other people. Um, But in that moment, like, I'm sure God is looking down at me and he's like, Priyanka, no, (laughs) you're fine. (laughs) Just do what you're being called to do. You are growing at your faith, in your faith at the level that I want you to. And over time, it will evolve and shift as you grow and evolve. Um, Just don't rush it. Um, And I think that that is constantly a thing that I have to remind myself to be comfortable with knowing that ultimately praying the rosary, praying um, a novena or, you know, serving even in our young adult ministry is at our church Jackie it's like these are all things that different people do in different ways and we all have our own relationship with the Lord um and and we shouldn't be judging other people or comparing ourselves because that's when the doubts come in and that's when it truly probably breaks God's heart knowing that we're questioning our relationship with him this way in a very negative way. It's good to question your relationship with God when you're being intentional um, in doing things that are helping you grow in your faith, which are ultimately helping you grow in building that relationship with him. But there's a slippery slope to it when you overthink and you doubt. So, Yeah, I remember you just sharing with me some of your struggles um, of comparing yourself to cradle Catholics, you know, like I'm a cradle Catholic, born, baptized as a baby, <laughs> and grew up in the faith, and feeling like you weren't Catholic enough or, or that people looked down on you because you were a convert, when I just think being a convert is so cool because you had to choose that for yourself and go through that whole journey, whereas, you know, I was just kind of like shepherd right on into it, you know, in my <laughs> family, you know, I didn't have to make as much of a choice. I was basically like spoon-fed Catholicism growing up, so it was less of I mean, we all have to make that decision at some point that we're going to take that faith on as our own, of course, and really dive into that relationship with Jesus. But I think being a convert in the story is just so cool when you had to leave a different faith that you're in and your family and make that decision where there could be so many difficulties like you spoke about where your family just didn't understand or it would bring a lot of judgment or just a lot more hardship to your life, you know, with your family to make that leap um, to to be in over that relationship with Jesus. And I just think it's so cool. So, and I've had other converts say that to me that they feel like they are looked down on. And I'm like, no, they're the coolest people in the church to me (laughs) making that decision. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, kind of on that note. So there are, you know, so many different branches of Christianity, which I know you talked about how you looked into the Orthodox faith um, and maybe some of the other denominations but I'm just curious as to why you specifically 
chose Catholicism and what are some aspects of Catholicism that really just are what you know yeah made make that decision because there are it can be so overwhelming when you look at the <laughs> Christian faith there are so many denominations right. and well we joke about church shopping <laughs> and like within our just one faith um there are many people who are like always talking about like oh I go to this parish and then I go to this parish but on another level it was like I'm faith shopping, I guess. Like, it was just information overload. And so, um, you know, I would say that I, as stubborn as I am, I definitely had moments where I was so confused and overwhelmed. Um, But praise God for my mom being like, you're first generation. We don't want you to go out of state for school. And like, you got to choose something that's like close enough to us and like, da, 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 da. So, um, I ended up going to Loyola University, Chicago, which is a Catholic school. Um, but Loyola, I will preface that they do not, um, talk about the faith in every little thing that we do whereas certain um other schools will definitely openly talk about it even if you're taking a business class there is a religious or or how this connects with your faith um aspect to it um so I think that that helped me in in kind of navigating through my faith shopping journey quote unquote um but I will say the most beautiful part of Catholicism and why I stuck with that as the choice that I made is um, my relationship with Christ um, is truly through Mariology. Marytown, you guys. Mary is in it. And then there's um, me talking to the Madonna image for, gosh, like three and a half years um, before actually converting. Um, she's our lady has always been there she's been shepherding me and bridging me closer to Christ um, and looking out for me when I needed her to even when I thought I didn't need someone or what have you Um, and then the act of reconciliation sacramental the most beautiful thing we can do I mean gosh like Christians as a whole we truly know that we are we are innately sinners like we are born sinners as the children of Eve right but we are saved through Christ and so knowing that and being witnesses to that is by far the most redeeming thing that we could ever beautifully experience in our life right um but the act of reconciliation is something that we have to take so seriously as Catholics because it allows us to lead our lives more intentionally in all the things that we are doing in our life. How is this ultimately laddering up to helping me serve God in a better, truer form? Um, because the ultimate goal in our life is to um, reconcile with him up in heaven, right? And so um, understanding that your sins here on earth there is a way for you to unburden your heart so you can allow for your heart to continue growing um and deepening that relationship with god is it's so it's something that others i wish could have the moment or the opportunity to do um because it's had such a profound impact on my life. Now, I don't know about you, Jackie, as a cradle Catholic, how comfortable you felt um, with reconciliation growing up. But to me, it was the most daunting thing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I was like, the first couple of times, I was like, I don't even know what I should be saying. What's the process? Like, literally Googling it every time I go. (laughs) But now it's gotten to be less cumbersome or like less intimidating. It's like, oh, yes, I'm talking to a priest, but I'm actually talking to Christ 
by intercession of this priest. And isn't that beautiful where we can have that dialogue with God when he, he wants us to continue to have that dialogue in all aspects of our life. But that is definitely something that I, I just absolutely love. So I would say, yeah, those are, those are the things that I enjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I used to hate confession. <laughs> I mean, you're sitting there telling another human being the worst things that you've done. Right. So like some of them are so embarrassing. And now I love confession, though, as I've grown in my faith, just like the similar journey that that you've had, because I've recognized it's not, you know, just growing in humility, realizing that I'm not just, you know, coming to a man, a priest, it's going to God. And it's the grace that you receive through the sacrament. You can almost feel it. You don't always feel it because you don't have to feel grace for it to be affecting you, but you feel that just like this burden lifted off of you. Um, yeah. I love confession, but the, it was very daunting. Yeah. I mean, the first time I had confession, I can't even remember it because in the Catholic Church, if you're raised Catholic, you receive confession the first time when you're in like second grade. So what are you saying as a little second grader in confession? <laughs> I have no idea what I said. If I, was, I think about that a lot. <laughs> if I was raised in the faith, I'm pretty sure as a second grader, mine would probably be like, I stole this crayon (laughs) from someone and I feel so guilty. I think I just like looked at the Ten Commandments and I was like, I think I dishonored my parents or I was mean to my little sister. It's just so funny the things that we say now. They are not that simple, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for being so vulnerable and sharing with us, Priyanka. Um, I'm curious. What are so you always have brought up Mary, but what are some of your other like spiritualities, forms of spirituality, and favorite prayers within the Catholic faith? Because the Catholic faith, we are very specific on some things that we believe, but one of the most beautiful things about it is the diversity and the ways that we can express our faith and the different spiritualities we can take on that best connect us to God. So I'm just wondering, what are some of yours? So I have many favorite prayers. Um, Naturally, because I've talked about Mary so much, my favorite has to be the Hail Mary prayer. It's so simple. It's easy to memorize. But I kid you not, before any monumental thing or anything that's like monumental in in my life or in that moment, I will say a small Hail Mary um, and just ask her to be there with me. And it honestly feels like she's holding my hand through it which is so amazing. Um, But one thing that I've also adopted from the Eastern Orthodox faith is the Jesus prayer, which is Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Also very simple, also very profound and allows me to feel cleansed, quote unquote, of any negativities or things that I've done Um, that may have intentionally or unintentionally hurt someone as a result of my actions. Um, But also, the St. Francis of Assisi prayer, love him. (laughs) Um, And the litanies of trust and the litany of humility. Um, The litany of humility is something that I try to say um, before a big client presentation or something that... um, if I am, I sort of vulnerably touched on this earlier, um, if I'm experiencing an episode of anxiety, this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, let's say this. Let's say it very slowly and intentionally. And it helps me calm some of the, the struggles that I'm experiencing that very moment. And it allows me to channel that through prayer um, and connecting with God. Yeah, and whether you're a Catholic or some other denomination of Christianity, we'll leave the links to these prayers because they are beautiful, these litanies, the litany of humility, the litany of trust. Any Christian is going to love them. They are beautiful. If you haven't prayed them, definitely recommend. Thank you so much for sharing, Priyanka, your story. You know, as we were getting ready to do this episode and this interview, um, I think all of us can say that, you know, our hearts in this are, we really just want to encourage you as our listeners 
So if you're someone who's maybe in a similar place or position, I just really hope, you know, by listening to Priyanka's story that you get some encouragement, you know, gain some hope, kind of just maybe are able to process a little more about where you're at. Um, so Priyanka, just as we wrap up, what is some advice or challenges or encouragement that you would give someone or even give yourself if you could go back and, and talk to, you know, 21-year-old Priyanka who was going through this? What are some things you would say? You know, I will say that there are challenges to being a convert. Um, there is a level of vulnerability you have to have not only externally but within and understanding that you are feeling this sort of way, being reflective, being aware, um, but have the grace and the humility to do so. I think that that is so important for individuals, us Christians, Catholics, everyone. Um, it's, it's so incredibly important for us. And praise God for the beautiful parents that he put in my life who are so accepting of my decision to make such a... Um, to really take a leap of faith mm -hmm. um, and, and do it. Although they have their moments, um, they're so encouraging and so loving. But if you feel as though your loved ones are not um, as graceful in, in this journey that you are on, never feel as that you're alone because you are ultimately in hand in hand with Christ. You are with him and he is ultimately there for you and and he will help you. He will provide the strength for you to guide you on the path that he has chosen or in, and intended for you. Um, and I would say like don't be afraid to talk to him. Build that relationship and continue to grow in that relationship with Christ. Even if you think it's a simple conversation you know I started out not really knowing any formal prayers or having memorized any prayers um, I talked to Jesus as my friend mm -hmm. um, and I would have just an everyday kind of the highs and lows of my day like if there was something that was bothering me I would talk to him um, and there's something in the Catholic faith that we talk about where Saint Faustina the Jesus I trust in you divine mercy um, image was revealed to Saint Faustina and so that is something that I keep I've like created a small altar in my uh, apartment my room and so I talk to him there and then that as I've grown in my faith that relationship has evolved at times it's become more paternal or like parental mm -hmm. Um, but then sometimes it's, but it's constant, regardless of how and where it's at, I continue to talk to him and use your curiosity, um, and, and need or desire to convert, channel that to him, offer it up to him and have him lead you. Um, that is probably going to be the best way for you to feel good. Um, and feel feel free yeah and I know that we also Priyanka have talked about and other people that have converted it's great to find a spiritual director in whatever denomination you're looking into if it's the Catholic faith um, a priest that you can talk with or a pastor or just someone a kind of mentor to answer those questions that you have because there are so many questions coming into the Christian faith especially if you're coming from not a Christian faith or any other denomination, but, you know, another faith such as Hinduism, it can be very overwhelming. <laughs> so that's definitely something yeah. I mean that Megan and I both have taken advantage of as people that were raised as Christians. You know, I have a spiritual director, director Megan has a mentor. So that's a huge step is finding that community and that someone that is, you know, more developed in the faith and wiser to help lead you. I love that you said that. That is something that I have talked to you about. I feel like we've talked about this many a time, so I don't know what, um, you know, I what has been pivotal in my faith journey. Um, I would say that channel your curiosity with the spiritual director and, you know, I, praise God, talked to my RCIA director immediately after I'd converted and then went through graduation because I converted during my senior year of college. So really 
there were a lot of changes that were happening all at once and the community that I'd grown to love over the course of four years during university um, was now not going to be there. So the curiosity that I have to grow and desire to grow in my faith was almost going to be at a stalemate. Reaching out to him was probably the best decision of my life. He paired me with a priest who also, through divine intervention, he had just been um, stationed, I guess, like put at Loyola. And he's actually from India. So it was awesome where he understood some of the challenges, the cultural differences that I was going to experience more so and um, allowed me to connect with not only my culture and my heritage, but also my, my faith. And so it's it's just been awesome. I love talking to Father Thomas. I'll text him occasionally, just check in on him. And it's just so beautiful, that relationship that can allow you to, to grow. That's so amazing. And I love that encouragement of, you know, if you are feeling like you don't have that support in your life, you're not alone. I think it's so wonderful that God brings those people in our lives to speak wisdom to us, but also just, you know, offer companionship and community, you know, because we were created to be within community you know that's a way we reflect the trinity um so i just think that's such a beautiful thing you know if you're not in a position where people around you are supportive pray you know and seek that out because he will provide that for you so that Mm -hmm. is such a good thing to remember and to just hold on to as well that can give such hope Well, thanks, Priyanka. Thanks for coming on and sharing. I know you were a little hesitant. You were like, why would I share my story? But I think it's hard in our own stories to see the beauty because it's our own story and we're living it and we you know, went through it and we don't really always see when we're in the thick of it, like the outside view of what a beautiful journey it really is and how inspiring it can be to other people. So I thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and sharing this with us. And I think it's going to be a blessing to anyone listening and inspiring. So yeah, Aww, you guys are so sweet. <laughs> and I think it's also just so good to talk about these things and to share our stories because even just the three of us in this room, even though we share, you know, faith and beliefs have such different ways that we got there you know Jackie sharing she was a cradle Catholic me growing up in a Christian home and going to a ministry Bible school and then you having the story that you just shared with us today how important it is for us to talk about this and to share our stories and learn from each other because even when we agree we have such different ways of getting there and it's so encouraging and uplifting and inspiring to hear that from each other so that was our heart behind this because we want to talk about it Let's talk.